and it's been an absolute roller coaster of a season, but the curtain has finally come down on the 2021-22 campaign. It ended in disappointment for the Diamonds, who dropped out of the playoffs on the final day. But when we look back on the season as a whole, we can reflect on a year of great progress for our very young football club. This is the Russian and Ranting podcast. My name is Joseph McCormack, and I'm delighted to be joined, as ever, by the usual podcast team. Ollie Mortimer, Scott Stapley, and Alex Ruspin. How are we all, guys? Not too bad, thanks, Joseph. Yeah, I'm really good as well. Thanks, Joseph. I missed the last episode, so looking forward to being back on this one. Yeah, doing well, thanks. Well, Andy Burgess said after that final day defeat that we can't make excuses, but we have to look for reasons. And that's what we'll be doing in this episode. We'll be discussing some of the reasons as to why the Diamonds couldn't quite get over the line in that playoff race. But on a more positive note, we'll also be going through some of our moments of the season. I'm talking goals, performances, all the great things that contributed to one of the most remarkable seasons in the history of the Phoenix Club. And we'll also be taking a glimpse into what next season might hold as well. So whatever you may be doing, whether you're chilling at home, grafting at work, or even on the road, we've got you covered right here on Russian and Ranting, the official podcast of AFC Russian and Diamonds. Well, we've finally reached the end of the season, Jensen. It's been a season like no other in many ways, from our slow start to our playoff charge, and then, of course, that final day heartbreak. It was a remarkable journey. So many highs and lows across the way as Diamonds finished up in sixth place. But regardless of how it all panned out, I think the main positive from this year was to finally get that full season after the previous two were curtailed by COVID. It really is great to be back in the grounds and supporting the lads every week, isn't it? We obviously had that run at the end of the season towards the playoffs and you'd forgotten what it kind of felt like to to have a season culminate like that. Obviously, it's been such a long time now. Uh, but also, coming up with a new season, we've got the um, looking forward to having some new teams in our league, which we, we haven't had for a few years as well as a result of that. So uh, a couple of positives there for sure. I think it feels quite strange, isn't it? Because you feel, I feel like we've been in step three for, for so long, yet this is only our second full completed season. Um, so that did feel quite strange, but obviously very good, you know, in the you know in the same way. Um, I think it was a terrific. I know we'll go on to you know into a bit more detail about it in a few moments, but I think you know, in fact it was our highest league position as a Phoenix club. Um, the way we bounced back from setbacks early on in the campaign. Obviously, there's quite a few changes later on in the season as well, with Peaksy leaving, um, Ty Deacon leaving as well. So I think the yeah, the, the togetherness throughout the squad uh, and the club as a whole, I think, really came to the fore throughout the season um, and, and was great to see. Yeah, definitely. I think um, early season, obviously, the form wasn't great, as we knew. And also, from a, you know, from a board perspective, the attendances were very good. And I was appreciate, obviously, that was because of what was going on on the pitch, potentially. In terms of the you know performances and that, and everybody holds their hands up on that one. Um, from my point of view, probably from January onwards, that's where I think things, from an off the pitch point of view, were one pleasing is when we saw the gates starting to go up and get more get that guys' attendances because certainly I think we, you know, as a club, we got certainly paid um, for that early season form in terms of um, keeping the interest. And it's good to see us all right finish on a little bit of a crescent. Which give, hopefully puts us in good stead to actually going into the new season. It's hard, and hopefully, it's something we can maintain and build upon them going next year. 
Well, as I mentioned a moment ago, Diamonds finished in sixth place with a total of 65 points. And of course, it was disappointing that we didn't make that top five, especially having been there since February. It, it's worth noting, though, we, we have finished in our highest position in our highest league, like Ollie quite rightly mentions. And, and that in itself is, is a fantastic achievement for the football club. It definitely is, yeah. I mean, I think I, I can remember us, us sitting here at the start of the season uh, speculating where, where we would finish up. And I don't think many of us would have predicted sixth place when it was said and done. Um, I know certainly I was thinking kind of mid-table at best, really. Um, so to have topped our previous um, uh, achievements, um, particularly, uh, you know, our first season, we got quite close to the playoffs at, at step three as well to top that. It was certainly, when you look back at it now, with the dust has settled a bit after what happened at the end of the season, there are plenty of positives to take there. And overall, it has been it has been a positive campaign. Absolutely. Like Scott alluded to, I think, you know, the fact we were 17th in October, um, you know, at the time we were thinking, oh, you know, how we're going to turn this difficult start to the season around. And that was testament to, to everybody connected to the club, how we turned that around. I think we went on a run of something like 14 wins in 18 or something like that, um, which took us up towards the playoffs. And though, you know, the end of the season was was devastating. I think if he'd have been offered sixth place at the start of the campaign, like Alex has, has mentioned, he'd have definitely snatched um, people's hands off for that. Um, we saw a lot of development, not just in the squad, but in individuals throughout the campaign, I think, as well. And that sets us up really well for, for next season. So looking forward to it already. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think a lot of positives. I think um, finishing sixth, it's, it's a difficult one because, um, yeah, you can say, oh, if I'd done this at the beginning, if we'd said this at the beginning of the year, we were just hand off and all that sort of stuff. I suppose really what where we are though is given how obviously we didn't quite make it over long when we felt we were so so close you know that's probably a disappointment but however I think one thing we've got to bear in mind is I think that's there's a positive in that as in we can use that to actually um, motivate ourselves to go one step further as a club and I mean that in terms of the fans as much as the players and push on and get behind it and hopefully take that in good, good form into next year whether that's you know whether that's a playoff campaign you know ideally um, there's a lot of potential for this squad to come for, to come um, or even hopefully, you know, a cup run at some point of some description. I probably have FA Cup, hopefully, but you know, also got FA Trophy. I think that's one thing we've had missed in the last few years. So there's a lot of positives to take from it, and it's a very, very young squad as well. And some very good, quite quality players. It's a good spine. Hopefully, we'll keep them all together. Um, and yeah, I think there's a. I think that's the key thing we've just got to bear in mind. Is as I said, it's. Um, it's not just about what off season taking what we would have done at the beginning of the year. I think just looking at it as a whole, that second and the part of the second half of the season has been really, really good for us as a club. Hopefully, as I said, it's something it gives us a basis to push on in the future. Well, we've already discussed most of the season in previous podcasts, so we'll try and steer clear of that and, and concentrate on the ten games that we played since our last episode with Alex Collard. And well, it doesn't make for great reading, does it? Just two wins from those final ten games. We also tasted defeat in the Hillier Cup final at Sixfields. And in the end, Diamonds were overtaken by Informal Church on that final day. It, it was a cruel end to what was otherwise a, a very productive season. But if you look back uh, to earlier in the season, we went like 20 games or something without a draw, which is, which is quite incredible, especially when you look at how the running played out. You know, four draws in the last, or I think it was four draws in five against the likes of Tamworth, Biggleswade, Layston and Colville. And, and that inability to turn one point into three really pegged us back in the end. But why do you guys think that was? I think it was the, I don't know, it's, it's difficult to, to say, but the fine margins in many ways. I think in that 
in that fantastic run we had mid-season, there was quite a number of games that could that we narrowly won. So like at Hitchin away, Tamworth away, Royston away. Um, there's probably a few others, um, you know, in that run that could easily have been draws, or that you know even the other side could have could have won and sneaked themselves. I think, you know, we 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 found a way mid-season to kind of close out games and, and hold on to a lead. Um, and I think later on in the campaign, some fine margins went against us. I mean, look at the Hillier Cup final, for example, when the scoreline was nil nil. If Nathan Shakuna's free kick isn't tipped onto the post, if that goes in, you know, you one nil up, you maybe go on to win that game. So I think some some fine margins like that, Colville away, for example, you know, if the linesman's decision to call their second goal offside stood do we then hold on to the victory 2-1 again we'll never know but I think those fine margins kind of changed a little bit towards the end of the season and I think once we started to see the finish line I think a little bit of nerves and apprehension kind of set in amongst the squad um, and amongst the fan base as well don't get me wrong it's that's not having a go at anybody I think nerves and um, you know, that apprehension a natural at a time like that when we've kind of been close to the playoffs in step three before in our first full season, but, you know, not being as, as close as what we were this campaign. Um, so I think that did inhibit us a little bit, um, but we still had some decent results towards the end of the campaign. It was nice, for example, to go to Colville and not suffer a four or five nil defeat, you know, to, to get a draw there. You know, thought a nice change. So it's, it's for small positives in that as well. Like Ollie's just alluded to there, yes, the, the the results weren't weren't great, and certainly towards the end of the season, you know, the last two were were deeply disappointing. You can't really you can't brush over that. There were some good performances in that mix, though. Like like Ollie just said, the Colville one, we were excellent there. That was a, a brilliant performance. Even the two games against Peterborough Sports, we we certainly held our own against a team that's ultimately got promoted, and particularly that Hillier Cup game. Uh, the score obviously it says two 0 It looks like you know we've been soundly beaten but one of those goals was on the break in the last second of the game and prior to that you know we've hit the post and and, and looked look dangerous repeatedly we were really unlucky there and I, I don't like I said earlier now that the dust has settled is it's we can look back on it I think as a, as a good season and, and particularly those last 10 games yes we, we haven't achieved what we wanted to achieve and we were in we were in a great position you can't deny that but it wasn't all bad and let's make no mistake as well the, the squad has had a lot of, I think Andy Burgess used the word trauma um, with the loss of players throughout the course of the season, particularly the last the last period. But let's make no mistake, the loss of Alex Collard with about five games to go is ultimately what's what's probably cost us the playoffs. I think if you, if you have him in, in that side for the last five games, what have you, particularly the last two, I think we don't concede that goal at St Ives and, he, and he's probably chipping in with a goal or two at the other end as well. I think that one was just one too many. The squad just couldn't couldn't take that one on the chin and keep rolling with the punches really that was the one that's cost us in the end I think that's fair actually because I think just when I actually said to um, Alex um, in Pollard in the Eaton game I think there was a thing in the first half and it was a ball in from a corner and it's pretty much a setting that's that's your sort of ball you know where you can just see him coming in back of the post and that's it one nil um that obviously disrupted the, the back four I think the other thing to just bear in mind as well is um, obviously, the loss of Ty Deacon was a big thing on it, disrupted the team um, because I think you, you look at it, although you think when you think about, OK, you could argue with the Stratford game and that lot game, maybe, um, and to a lesser extent, the Hennessy game when he was only sort of just starting to get a feel with the club. Um, 
he has a big big part a big big part of that um of that run we had all the way up until the Barwell game when you think about it we lost him we lost the manager all in quick succession to, of each other so you got that going on as Alex said and what Burgess said before about um, trauma and you've and obviously you've lost Ravi Shamsi as well so you've lost a heck of a lot of goals or people who can do that little bit you know just do that additional thing you know where they can pull a rabbit rabbit out or that little bit of that moment where they can be quite clinical and they suddenly you've got a goal or you know you're clearing stuff offline like we've been like with Alex Collard um that didn't help and then you'll see that's the challenge then they've got to bring more goals into the team which they've tried to do towards the end of the season and you could argue it has done obviously there's an element obviously with being a bit more open at the back but then again what I would say is just if you look at previous seasons and I don't know Alex you might obviously you probably you go back as far as me when it comes to this sort of stuff I feel like since we left step five and that's going back years now we've always had a wobble period in February and March since we've left that level whatever it is um, you know, step four, the first season, we were, were we were top six points clear, weren't we? And when we played Kings Langley, we finished fifth. Following year, we just made the playoffs in the Northern Premier League. You know, the third year, we should have really, we could have probably should have won the league really, but we had a bit of a wobble in February. And then we went for that period where we didn't concede a goal over Christmas and February or something. It was like 15 games or so. You know, it's the best um, defensive record in the top eight league levels of English football. Um, but we finished second and normal season we've we come into playoffs and then I think our first season of set three proper season we had that little we had that wobble towards the end um, I think Alex you said to me we we're only less than weren't getting the results so we've always had this sort of like traditional thing and that's something which obviously we need to correct whereas this year results haven't yeah okay the results haven't been there I do feel like we've been on the cusp of some of the performances of getting those results if we just find those little things like that, a little bit of that extra goal here or there not putting that conceded here. I feel like there's a lot more. I've seen a lot more promise um, recently, which feels like we're, we're we're learning from that. The difference this season, I think, is there was a reason for it this time. Whereas you look back all of those seasons you just mentioned, like we just capitulated for no apparent reason. Um, the particularly the, the worst one I would say of those ones was probably obviously after that season at step four when we were top and clear and then ended up yes. scraping, scraping the playoffs. It wasn't great, but the one our first season at step three where I think we beat Kings Lynn at the start of March who ultimately got promoted we were about third at that point in time and looking looking brilliant and then we scored about three goals in our last 11 or 12 games and just completely you know capitulated and there was uh, from what i recall no obvious causes for that whereas on this occasion like like we said we players you know really key players as well were yeah. were, were not available and it, yeah that that's cost us there, there were reasons likewise reasons to be hopeful as a result yeah, I mean that's the that's what you just said is the key thing is you know, despite all of that going on, what they've had going on this season, they've still been only just out. It's only it's just just there, but but for the grace of God, you know, it's not that far from. I think that's one thing which does bring there's a lot of character in this team, and certainly obviously with the management now, which we've got in place. There's no disrespect to what we've had previously, but obviously we've got we're looking forward now, aren't we, in terms of who we've got on that? And I think there's a lot to put us in good stead you know obviously credit to the guys who you know previous some of the previous management for what they did previously but i think we've also in terms of that period when as we said we lost key players lost the manager we lost the whole coaching staff or most of it um you know the guys that have come in and also the guys who have been, still been here have stepped up sort of played them very very well it's just a shame they couldn't quite get it and you're right actually that hillier cup game um i think really we were probably unfortunate we could have actually won it if we just had that bit more 
luck actually or anything like that. I'm not gonna say anything, obviously you make your own luck and that sort of thing. I think that's more from issues clear, but it'll be interesting to see what happens obviously going into this season, how we take those disappointments. I think but I think the key thing I would say is there's a lot of positives going into next season. Such a young squad, there's a lot of eager, hungry um, players who, you know, I do know from what I, I hear, you know, they get down, they work hard, they're motivated, they're ambitious, they want to push on, they want to better themselves, they want to push themselves onto the terms of level. And, you know, that's what, you know, that, you know, excites me. And I think that's something we, as a club, and obviously certainly fans, should be looking forward to and getting behind and take us on that journey and give them as much support, particularly at home, as possible. Well, Alex mentioned uh, the injuries earlier on, and um, we, we did have our fair share going into those last few months. We lost uh, Ravi Shamsi and Alex Collard in February and March, both of them for the rest of the season. Uh, Ryan Hughes and Matty Slim were ruled out with the hamstrings. Shane Bush's knee eventually caught up with him and forced him to spend some time on the sidelines. And Diamonds were sort of crawling towards the line in the end. And I think that's when Alvechurch really started to go through the gears and eventually overtook us right at the line. I, I think one of the main reasons why we were so successful you know, through that mid part of the season was because we found a settled team with a settled way of playing, but then suddenly we lost a couple of key players. And I think naturally that that's affected our rhythm as a result. Yeah. I think we've got to find a different style. Of, yeah. We've had to also try and find a different style in the meantime. Um, I suppose that reason obviously goes probably switched to four four two because, you know, obviously we'd had, we got so used to using Ty Deacon and um, Ravi Shamsi and some of the other guys, you know, you couldn't, we we had to make we had to make that change and that's why we've obviously brought the players have been brought in to try and help you know help the team give us a bit more depth but yeah you can't legislate for those injuries unfortunately i think we actually at one point i don't exaggerate when i say this actually i remember going up to colville but i just had literally they'd run he'd, he would never run ring around looking for players i think um sneds um you know um dean snedker had actually been come off his sick bed basically um to actually playing goal that day you've got to give him credit for doing that um you know there's a lot there were a lot, a lot of injuries actually it was a very very tough um last few weeks actually i don't think probably people appreciate how tough it was at times actually to get that across you know they've had everything thrown at them but they've only just missed out on the playoffs i think even with those injuries though there was, there was still players who really stood up to the plate. I remember Ben Diamonds coming in at right back. Um, I think his first game at right back was Colville away. And you're thinking up against Luke Shaw, one of the best wingers in the league. You're thinking he, he's going to struggle here. But he, he matched him, uh, dealt with him really well. And he was a big part in that match and in the and in the rest of the season as well. Paddy Casey coming into centre-half. I know he's played across the back four throughout his Diamonds career so far. But, you know, he, he moved into centre-half um, and, and played excellently. And I think Jesse Ackerbine as well, he's... You know, been on the on the fringes a little bit throughout the campaign and maybe in previous seasons as well. He got his chance. I think it was Redditch away was uh, the first game where he'd kind of started. It was his first start for, for a little while. Scored within, I think it was seven or eight minutes, a, a beautiful strike into the top left-hand corner. Um, and that kind of set the tone for the rest of his campaign where he was quite um dominating i thought in, in the middle he was, he was good on the ball he won quite a few man of a match awards I remember him scoring at home to Leiston as well i know that was a bit of a scruffy effort compared to his his redditch um strike but he was in the right place at the right time to finish the rebound so i think without a doubt the injuries did set us back but even in those difficult times there were players who were still like scott alluded to before still stepping up to the plate 
not playing in their preferred position, perhaps, but doing the absolute best they could, um, which is testament to their to their character and their spirit. Um, it really does stand us in good stead for the future. I think just to touch this, I'm going to touch this to say, and Diamond at right back was an absolute revelation, and he's did a fantastic thing about it. He started supposedly he's coming as a centre forward, he's ended up having to play in midfield. He's he's been a revelation at midfield, and then he's become a revelation at fullback. You know, that's fun, you know, fantastic. You, nobody would have told us at the beginning of the season that, oh, Ben Diamond would be playing at um, right back and he would thrive like that. And, you know, just proves what you know intelligent player he is to be able to fit into that sort of thing. And then not look out of place, actually, in fairness to him. I mean, he's not, I mean, he's, he's 28, so he's sort of like his sort of prime and that. But to be able to go and make that change so quickly, having not played there and been thrown against Cobble. And I'm just going to say, just point on Cobble, I, still, I mean, we're going to get on to moments this season. For me, I think that's the best we've ever played at Colville. You know, I think we were unfortunate not to actually possibly get, you know, a win from it, actually. For a few things have gone our way, not a referee. This is just a little bit more. Just want to rewind a couple of steps there, Scott, about Ben Diamond. I just wanted yeah. to say how good he was in a, in midfield and at right back, like you say, but particularly in midfield. I mean, uh, who would have predicted that? I can definitely remember us sitting here at the start of last season arguing what his best position was because I think he'd just come back at me at the time. And uh, I think yeah. we sort of mutually agreed that through the middle, uh, up front was his best position, but I mean, as give me give me Ben Diamond in central midfield any day of the week <laughs> at this point. Although even at right back, <laughs> the problem though you've got now is Jesse's obviously coming into the back into the mix, and yeah, has played really well. You know, sort of hasn't been around for a few months, but come back as as Ollie said, you know, and um, has he has he's got in that team and he's he's not looked our place again. You know, he's buzzing again. It's um, you know, it's really positive to see because again, he's a player which. And we all say, actually, even, you know, people on the terrace will say, you know, really, really rate Jesse and really, really like seeing him play. So that's been that gave people left to see him, you know, come in and, you know, do really well and start to show a bit more of his, show his potential. Yeah, full credit, to him, but full credit to him for, for, for coming back kind of the way he did after being completely out in the cold um, and turning in some of the performances he, he did towards the end of the season. He, he got Man of the Match uh, awards kind of consecutive games you know, two or three times. this episode just a couple of days before the annual presentation evening it will be our first one for a couple of years in fact um, which is obviously due to the COVID pandemic so to get ourselves uh, into the spirit we're going to be deciding on our moments of the 2021-22 season I mean we'll call them awards we, we haven't got any prizes for them except pride and recognition but it's always nice to reminisce over the good time so with that said let's get straight into it we've got a few categories to discuss we'll go one by one around the group share our opinions and then collectively we'll decide on our official podcast awards. It does sound a lot better when it's an award, doesn't it? But anyway, first up on the Russian Ranting Awards is the goal of the season. Loads of great strikes to choose from, from, from all across the season, really. I'm fi- I think we're probably going to all agree that there's two that stand out, but let's go around the group. Starting off with Ollie. do you want to give us your Diamonds goal of the season? I yeah, I was thinking about this earlier, and I was caught between the two, which uh, I guess you're alluding to. But for me, 
Nathan Shakuna's strike at lowest off just just edges it for me. I think in terms of the occasion and the, the nature of the goal as well. I mean, the entire afternoon it was kind of a roller coaster of a match, wasn't it? Going one nil up and then lowest offs coming back to to lead midway through the second half. The fact it had been such a long journey, our longest of the season, you're thinking, oh, we've come all this way, you know, for, for zero points. Uh, I think it was Burgess' first away game, um, you know, as manager of the club as well. Um, get the equaliser through Ryan Hughes and you think probably take a draw given what's happened um, you know, during the afternoon and then win that free kick in the 91st minute, I think it was, about 40 yards out. You're thinking, oh, stick it into the mixer, you know, get Hughes to get his head on it or or Dorman to get his head on it, knock it down for someone. And I remember me and you being on commentary at the time, Joe's from Radio Diamonds. That was incredible. I remember him just hitting it and thinking, what, what's he doing? That's that's going to go over or it's going to go wide. What an opportunity to get the ball in the box is totally wasted. I and mean, the more it kind of advanced through the air, you, the more you're thinking, God, that's going quite close, actually. I remember just hitting the post. And even then you're thinking, is it going to come out? Is it going to roll across goal for them to clear it away? And it seemed like an absolute age for it to roll into that far you know, corner of the net. Probably took about two seconds in reality. It felt like 20 years. Um, and then, yeah, just absolute bedlam, you know, from the fans, from us on commentary. Um, and, and I think, you know, that, that that shows that kind of creativity and that ingenuity that he's got because he didn't have a great game. He'll, I'm sure he'll be one of the first to, to admit, you know, quite a few flicks and tricks and passes didn't come off. And yet, you know, when it when it matters, he delivered. So for me, Nathan Shakuna at lowest off is, is my goal of the season. It's certainly a hard one to beat, um, but there are a couple that will give it a good run for their money. Anyone else want to put a neck on the line? Yeah, I've got a couple in. Um, I thought Jesse Gola, um, Redditch was a great team goal. That was a great bit of a build-up play. I've got to give that. Um, I'm going to be a bit controversial because I think there's, there's good goals, but different types of goals. So I think from an individual one, from a technic- technically, I found absolutely fantastic goal. I don't mean technical, I mean from a technical ability, is the one um, from um, Jordan Graham against uh, Leyston mm. at home. The this normal scissor kick, the back post. It's fantastic. And I think that that's from an individual, I think technically, if you're given the ability to actually do that, and to, for somebody who actually do that at our level, that's probably the best I've seen in terms of goals this year in that respect. Free kick you get at last off from Nathan, absolutely fantastic. I was going to go over it's not, but it went straight and hit the post and then hit the other, or hit the other post and it almost hit it and went in. Um, obviously, beat the keeper, it's that typical one where it goes, just, you see it go behind the keeper, don't you, as he goes across to try and save it and misses it. Um, and saying that now because low stuff's obviously have gone down, so positive. Um, so I'm not going to get eat my words on that one. Um, and yeah, I think that's probably the, um, I think we've got, I'm going to mention it because you did mention it. Um, off um, recording out, um, Joseph. I thought they built the one again, the Needham marking one for Jesse Occupy and Needham was great. It was quality in terms of the build again with the ball through from Ravi and the finish in that one. So I think there's been those probably the three which I'll say. I mean, there's probably others I'm going to get to. Some Collars headers have been absolutely quality. I'm just trying to think, you know, first one against Redditch, probably more for turn than the second one. Um, I feel like you've teed Alex up very nicely to say bully at Tamworth. Yeah, bully at Tamworth. <laughs> Which you know took what? ages to get off to get the recording, but being behind that was fantastic, wasn't it? <laughs> it just hit that, and you know, and had a, we haven't had what you know we call a bully special for a long time. Where he scores the thirty yarder. 
my favourite goal, which uh, none of you have mentioned, is the one that rolled under Paul White's foot at Peterborough Sports. But <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, we, we only able to enjoy it for about thirty seconds before we conceded. So uh, perhaps yeah. we pull that one out. But um, it's been the winner, then you would have been around. <laughs> Scott, you mentioned the uh, the need and market one. Uh, that that was a, a really nicely worked team goal. Um, uh, there's probably some others. I think uh, there's one where Alex Collar crossed in for Ty Deacon who hit one on the volley. Can anyone remember who that was against? It was a home game. Uh, it, oh, it was at Eden Market, yeah. Was it at Eden? Yeah, at Eden Market was it. That was a really nice yeah. and goal. Um, but I think re- realistically, there's probably only two. And frustratingly for me, I wasn't at either of the games. So <laughs> I've uh, fortunately been able to see the video after Tamworth finally decided to release it. But I'd say, for me, Ollie summed it up perfectly. This might be a bit harsh on Dolman who possibly hasn't had a vote yet um but uh, i think i'm going to go with nathan because it was the last minute um and given the kind of importance is, is a, you know a key stage of the season and to do what he did from from that distance out completely unexpected really it was a, it was a gamble wasn't it and um it paid it paid off big time so i think for me that is going to sneak it i know you mentioned several goals that you liked scott but have you got one in particular to cast your vote with See, and the problem is I depend. I mean, the problem is obviously seeing it's difficult because there's ones I like in different because of different reasons. So, um, I mean, I like the lower stuff one. I like the Redditch one. There's a couple of ones. So, the second one against Colville, the away, I, I really, really liked. Um, so, Rafi's one against Matlock is not one I like. So, I think it's different. You're looking at individual. I think probably, I think Alex said that from in terms of importance, the last stuff, pretty good from Nathan, probably, yeah, okay. I think that would be a that would be a worthy winner. Obviously, but there are obviously others, but probably yeah. If you're going to push me to go on, I'll probably go with that one. Um, well, and from the importance of the goal, as I said, I would say there's lots of really really good quality goals, like like for different reasons, whether that's team you know team goals or you know let's see, and it depends actually. It also depends on the match, um, you know, the overall field of the match and how it's how it's gone. I think that does play a part. Yeah, I'm going to go Nathan against Lowestoft as well, but purely for all the reasons that Ollie described so well. But I think to add to that, with, with Buddy's goal, I'm not saying it's easy by any by any stretch, but I think he had a slight advantage where the ball was already in play. It was rolling for him in favour to hit it. Whereas for Nathan, you know, he's hitting a dead ball from, you know, a bit of an angle. I think it was like 40 yards or something. And of course, you know, the pressure of it being the 90th minute. And you know, I think we often forget sometimes, you know, we, we can go about we can go outside and try all these things having a kick about but it, it's so difficult to do it in the moment in the pressure of an actual match and I think that's why Nath just tips it for me because I think there was a lot of pressure on his one and of course he had to hit a dead ball not, not like I say I'm, I'm not saying that bullies was an easy one to hit at all because far from it it was an unbelievable goal and it, it's unfortunate for him that he's been shaded by another absolute screamer but yeah, I think for, for me, it, it's going to be Shakuna at Lowestoft. So I think, are we all agreed on that? Nathan Shakuna at Lowestoft, goal of the season? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Cool. We'll, we'll move on then to our, our next Russian and Ranting Award. This one is uh, not for an individual. It's going to go to the entire team. Uh, but this is for the team performance of the season. So out of the 40 league games that we played, we're going to decide in which game we put in our best performance. Scott, I'll come to you first on this one have you got a favorite performance you've seen this season this is very very difficult to think. there's ones which i like because of who it is against i mean as i said i think colville away one is easily our best performance away against them and given who we're playing against 
Um, once we drew it, which you know, I was only drawing it, but it's nice not to go down and get beaten five 0 or something else, and you know, feel away completely deflated. Mount lock away, although we lost it, I thought we could have drawn that, and I think we would have won it on penalties, given the way Snecker is with pens. Starbridge, was it Starbridge at home? I think it was a good, it was a great performance as well. Yeah. I thought, I think it's, it's frustrating because I mean, there's been somewhere I thought if, if things had gone a little bit more, I think yeah, we'll have enjoyed it. Like Tamworth at home, I thought going quick fire those two goals going to seal up. I think if we if we gone on to win the game, you know, kept that, then I think yeah, that would have been another one. I think that's my sort of mix of games. Which you're going to push me now to ask me which one of those I'm going to go. Absolutely. <laughs> It's difficult because I'm thinking of the I The problem is knowing my because I'm obviously with board stuff. You're thinking about the season as a whole. You're not. You'll be. You've got. It's. Can't describe it. It's different. It's a. It's a different mentality. If you like, sort of like. You're not just thinking about. You're not get. You've got to make sure you keep your feet on the ground and not get sucked into a moment. You've got to think of things as a, as a whole rather than just that particular match. So, given the circumstances behind the match, given that we had a, you know, we were running out of players. Uh, we had two, although two very good under 21s on the bench who had to be brought in. Uh, I'm going to say the Colville away one, given those circumstances, and given that you know we had Ben Diamond at right back, first never played at right back before. Um, Colville seems to be a ground which is cursed to us when it comes to results, and to go there really look away and think actually we could have won that against a team which, okay, had a few shaky starts themselves, but you know a great Colville side. Um, I think I'm going to go for that based on that, which probably sounds a bit odd actually, given that you could have said Stourbridge, but I'm just thinking I'm taking account obviously the opposition who we're playing uh, with no disrespect to Stourbridge. Stourbridge obviously have finished me a terrible Colville obviously could have actually, if things gone different for them, could have actually been in step two right now. Um, and given, given, let's say, the history between the sides in terms of the fixture, you know, four points off Colville this year, who would have predicted that at the beginning of the season? I'm probably going to go with, I'll probably go with that one just because of the the, re, the circumstances and that. Alex, what's your performance of the season? I think the Colville one is is a certainly a solid a solid bet, but ultimately we didn't win the game, so I'm going to pick something else, I think. I think my favourite home game of the season was probably the Stourbridge one. Yeah. Um, I, I remember that the weather was pretty good then, but uh, we were flying at that point in time. Um, and uh, yeah, a couple of good go- well, certainly uh, a really good, nice goal from Nate um, Shakuna in the second half um, to wrap things up. But Stourbridge were on a roll at that point in time, even though they they kind of you know throughout the course of the season they weren't typically at the top of the league, but they were doing well then, and it was a, it was a good result then. But it was actually the game just before that which Scott didn't mention, which was my personal favourite of the season, which was the away win at Alvechurch, the 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 two one. Yeah. Um, where I think we we even knew at that time we were really kind of chasing them down, really in the thick of our good run then at that point. And I think we knew at the time that we kind of had to go there and really and win that game. It had that feel of an important game about it. And so, so infrequently over the last few years that we if we turned up in those kind of matches, um, we really uh, we dominated them for a good. 60 70 minutes i would say with a, with you know they had a, a five ten minutes or so in the first half but we dominated the bulk of the game and then when it when it came time at the end of the game to to sit deep sit, soak up a bit of pressure and see the game out we did exactly that and we we, we became really good at that, at that at that point in time but i think as an overall um given the the quality of the opposition the result and, and just the way we played generally i think alf church away is my personal favorite so that gets my vote ollie what about yours 
Yeah, a few honourable mentions for me. Um, we've already discussed Tamworth away in terms of the goal, but Liam Dolman scored about four in terms of the performance. That was that was excellent as well. I remember we could have been three or four up at half time. Dolman could have scored a hat trick on on his own, I think. Um, and then the second half performance required a different kind of effort in in terms of dropping a bit deeper, um, soaking up the pressure and trying to hit on the counter attack. But I thought. That was an excellent um, and spirited team performance throughout. I was going to say Alba Church away as well. So I totally agree with Alex on that one. Royston away, I thought, was a great display. So, um, yeah, I know Scott has already mentioned that. And I think in terms of home performances, um, St Ives at home on New Year's Day to kick off the calendar year. Um, yeah. I know St Ives were coming into the game not in great form um, you know, and they didn't play too well that day but we really did put them to the sword 1-4-0 no, could have been 6 or 7 come the end um, they were trying to play the ball out from the back pass it out from the back and, and, and we pushed up high hassled them forced them into mistakes and punished them for that as well and I think throughout the campaign you'll see by our our goals record that a lot of the wins we had were quite narrow. You know, there were one nils or two ones. So your nerves tended to be, tended to be quite frayed towards the end of the game. Whilst having a four nil like that, where you know it was a case of how many goals we were going to score rather than if we were going to win, I think that was that was quite nice as well. Um, but yeah, for me, I'd I'd agree with Alex and go for Albert Church away. I think yeah, that, like Alex has already said, it was a, a great. Um, display throughout going to a team who were well in the playoff race at that time and we knew who were going to be come the end of the campaign as well um thought it was going to be quite a nervy start and then i think we was ahead within a minute and 30 seconds something like that through liam dolman and they pulled one back soon after that but then we i think ty deacon scored like two minutes after their equalizer so um you know to kind of respond to that setback i think again showed our character um and and the spirit throughout the entire club as well so yeah i'd go for albert church away i think actually just saying i think also i think it was fifth against sixth although we were we we were a little bit behind further away from what we had games in hand on them which um so it did take us a while to actually overhaul them because we just wanted to play those games actually so now i think that's fair i think albert church I think really, I think, I think like, you look at our church, we probably should have got more goals, particularly in the second half, but we just didn't quite get that at the end, did we? Which uh, I think that's fair. I think that's a fair point. I think personally, when I'm looking for a say performance, you know, a, a complete team performance, I'm I'm looking for control mainly. Um, yeah. Obviously, there, there are times in games um, like we saw at uh, the likes of Colville, Alv Church, and places like that where you do have to sit off a bit. You've got to sort of defend let them you know have their moments we just withstand that pressure uh, and and win the game like that but i think there's got to be an element of control from your team as well you know having dominance you know on the ball you know carrying threat to the opposition and i think the prime example of that was sent ives at home you know 4-0 to kick off uh, 2022 really controlling you know co- combative performance on what was a very tough pitch as well you know we obviously had a a bit of rough weather over the Christmas period that didn't actually get any games called off. So, you know, to go into that game against the St. Ives team who were sat in such a, a very low block as well, you know, there's reasons why a lot of people don't like, you know, teams parking the bus as it's known, but, you know, there's a reason why teams do it. It's because it's effective. And, you know, them coming away to a side like us in, in good form, they, they were always going to do that. And the, the way we got our goals in, I think it was like two goals in two minutes in that first half to, to go 2 nil up and then, Obviously, Jesse got the third one. We were in complete control after half an hour. 
and then obviously went on to add the fourth. Um, Ollie mentioned um, Tamworth away earlier. That that was one of the ones I really enjoyed. Obviously, not just because of the goal, but again for the control that we had. We we, we could have easily had three or four by half time. Um, Set halves were absolutely dominant in the air. Like you say, Ollie Dolman could have had a hat trick. I thought AJ was exceptional down the left hand side, constantly carrying a threat to them. And when we went into that second half, Tamworth they were they were always going to have a a spell on the ball, especially in front of that crowd of theirs, but there were never really any moments where I thought, oh, they're going to equalise here. And I think that's a credit to how well we defended. And that goes from Dean Snedker at the back all the way through to, say, you know, your Ravis and your ties up front. I think we defended really, really well that night. Um, but I think I think the award is going to go to Alf Church away, um, purely because, um, obviously, Ollie and Alex have already voted already. I think that is going to be the majority vote, but it was a fantastic performance to go to a side, you know, I, I think they would have had that, you know, psychological edge going into that game because, you know, we were chasing them. They beat us at our place. So there was always that psychological element um, going in their favour, uh, but a really well-worked free kick routine to score in the opening two minutes. Lovely ball into the box, headed down for Dolman. Gr- great movement from Bullion. Great finish as well. And, even after we conceded that equaliser, it, it could have turned on us, but we showed great character to, to not only galvanise, but like Ollie says, get that goal back so quickly. Ty doing what he does, you know, nicking the ball from the midfielder, getting in on goal and, and chipping the keeper. It, it was a brilliant um, first half performance. And again, much like Tamworth, they, they had their moments for the last 70 minutes, but I never really doubted that we were going to go on and win that game. So I think overall... Team performance of the season goes to um, our 2-1 win away at Alvechurch. Uh, finally then, our third and final award of the uh, Russian and Ranting moments of the season. And uh, th- this is the moment of the season. Now, this can be anything at all that's happened at the club uh, this season, both on or off the pitch. So again, there's plenty of amazing moments to choose from, from what's been a, a really historic year for the football club. We'll, we'll come to Alex, first of all, um, because I think you're the only one that hasn't started yet. Um, <laughs> have you got a particular moment in mind that stands out? There's all sorts of things, isn't there? When you just said they're sort of off the pitch and on the pitch, there's kind of, it's two quite almost very separate things. Because, I mean, you could you could fairly argue that Peak's going, Andy Peak's leaving. is You could say that was the moment of the season because I remember uh, Scott actually gave me a text to, uh, I think it was a link to the web article and I was just like, what? <laughs> Because yeah, after kind of over the past few years, so many times where you know, like you felt like perhaps he, he might have ended up leaving and he didn't, and he ended up staying. And then we get to kind of a, the absolute peak of where we've been, and no pun intended. And, uh, and then he decides to uh, <laughs> to, to, to take that opportunity to leave. So that was a, a weird moment, um, for sure. Uh, don't know whether it would class as moment of the season though, but. Another moment, personal one for me, I think when we signed Ravi Shamsi, I was absolutely thrilled with that one. Um, and it also, that showed at a point where we were quite, we were struggling at that point in time and, and showed to me that the club and the management were, weren't happy with, you know, what was going on and, and wanted to push on. And obviously he was such a crucial part. And the middle bit of the season, I would say for sure, you know, dragged us through some games with his goals and, and the way that he played. So, so that was kind of a, a, another moment, not necessarily match related, but I think let's be honest, we can sit here and debate this for 10 minutes if we want to. But Will Jones's goal <laughs> yeah, to make it three-two away at Hensford, 
I think we'd win this. We might even win the moment of AFC Russian and Diamonds 10-year existence <laughs> or 11-year existence because uh, how can how can you possibly top something like that unless you perhaps won promotion or something with a goal like that? Uh, it's just just crazy, really. And one of those things that only... I get, I get one of those sensations you only really get being a football fan. Um, uh, and it in football itself, um, one of the feelings that you get as a fan, you know, maybe once every 10, 15 years, if you're lucky, it was really one of them, wasn't it? I know um, I've, I've, asked, I've been asking you guys for your opinions first, but I'm going to jump in now that Alex mentioned it and just say that that is my moment of the season. Will Jones's goal away at Hendersford. It was the most incredible end to an incredible away game because... We were 2-0 down with five minutes to go. I think even we thought, yeah, this might be too big an ask now. You know, this was a Hendersford side who were doing very well at the time. I think they were in those playoffs in fifth place. They scored two very good goals. Um, first one was probably a lack of communication on our part defensively, but the second one was a really good one. Great break down the left and ball into the middle for the goal. Um, and I think it was just one of them where we were kind of seeing it out, not really you know, taking any more damage. But then we got that goal with, with Husey. And then we were just saying on commentary, you know, we're back in it, but is it going to prove to be just a consolation? Then Ravi does that from 25 yards. I think it was like the second one he'd done in a week after the Matlock one. And me and Ollie were like, oh my goodness, we actually are back in this now. And I think I said to you at the time, could we go on and win it? And I think after that goal, Straight, they went straight up the other end and missed a sitter. And I thought then, oh goodness me, yeah, yeah, just just lock down and take a point now because a point away at their place after what had happened would have been a fantastic result. But then obviously to get that corner, and it, it had to be Will Jones as well. Obviously, you know, growing up, you know, being at Rushton Diamonds, cu- coming through the ranks as as a kid, obviously making it through to the first team. He'd obviously scored a couple of goals in, in pre-season and, and the Hillier Cup, but to get your first, you know, league goal, which is, you know, what it's all about in such an unbelievable way, you know, 94th minute away from home and been under the cosh for 80, 85 minutes. It, it was an unbelievable moment, something I'll never, ever forget. And just the, the scenes with, with, with Ollie on Radio Diamonds as well, something that I'll never forget. I mean, some, somebody told me after the game that I was... I was nearly in tears and they're probably right. I mean, it it was just, and when we shared the commentary as well, you know, the responses that we had to that, it it was incredible. And I think that really epitomized, you know, the togetherness and the spirit of our football club. Everybody recognized what a big day that was, not just in our season, but also, you know, as our, as a football club, because, you know, we are still technically quite a young football club, only 11 years old now. Um, And, yeah, I, I, you know, you run out of superlatives to describe it. It was just an unbelievable moment. Like I say, we'll, we'll never forget it and we'll do well to top it. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I was, I was going to say it's, it's got to be Jones's winner, hands down. I think in, in life, you know, there's, there's, there's certain memories and moments that stay with you forever. And that will always be be one for me. Um, the fact it was it was Jonesy's first league goal, like you say, the fact we'd, we'd come back, the fact that, you know, Hensford are... Uh, are a good side as well. Uh, yeah, everything, you know, just kind of added into that made it the most dramatic and memorable conclusion to a match with, well, that certainly I've ever seen and that we might, you know, ever see. Um, I had a couple of other kind of honourable mentions of Colville at home early on in the campaign. Um, I think it was a late winner from Joel Jesse, wasn't it? 
Um, you know, we've been under the cosh for quite a bit of that second half without kind of conceding too many chances. And then we just break away with one of our um, first attacks of the half and, and nick it in the 93rd minute, hitching it home as well. I always remember, I always remember being 1-0 down at, at half time and we hadn't played too well. And I think it was Ravi's home debut, I think, and yeah. came out in the second half and Ravi does what Ravi does and rips one into the bottom corner for 25 yards out to, to level the game for us. And then Captain Collard to the rescue again in the in the last minute with the, one of his archetypal towering headers at the back stick, but again took an age to drop into the far corner, but thankfully did. And the scenes from um, yeah from the fans at Hayden Road after that was was fantastic. And I think for me Barwell away as well when you know two great goals from from Ty Deacon um, and moving into the into the playoffs for the first time in the campaign that was kind of you know one of the best moments of that mid-season run obviously we weren't to know at the time what was to happen later in that week with Peaksy leaving and then Deeks leaving as well but remember coming away from that game you know thinking um yeah fantastic win and, and a great moment but yeah they're, they're just um for me near kind of bystanders compared to Jones's winner at Hensford so yeah it's got to be Jones's winner for me just going to touch on a few bits actually you know you just mentioned about the Barwell game actually it's quite funny you say that because at that point I know we, we already knew there'd been a seven day approaching from Ketchman so that was a bit of a weird mixed views actually so it's it's difficult I'm just trying to think actually about this because if I was looking at it as a fan you know purely as in not knowing what goes on behind the scenes and stuff I think yeah I think the, the Hennesford one definitely because you can we come from 2-0 down to win 3-2 I don't think, I mean, for me, the, the overall performance, I think it's that as those last five minutes, because I don't think the performance prior to that was probably our best, you know, of that game. It was probably, you know, it was sort of like petering out and that sort of thing. But to get those three, those five minutes and get that, you know, fantastic, it's like a roller coaster. It's weird looking at it from my point because I was trying to think actually how I look at it, because I've got other things in my head. And for me, it feels like a, we've been through three different seasons, if that makes sense. So you've had the period at the beginning of the season, up until the Stratford game. Um, and then you've had from the Stratford game to the Barwell game, and then from the Barwell game, no, not from the Hennesford at home game. It's funny how that keeps coming up, Hennesford, um, to the end of the season. You've had that period. So I think what Alex just said about moments of the season, I think from, from a personal point of view, a psychological point of view, going through actually trying to get a manager in, mid-season who would actually fit and going through obviously looking at you know when we first we talking through all the different candidates we had firstly then deciding how we're going to approach it obviously getting the seat again then obviously seeing them as a short list hearing the feedback and going through all that and then having to go and analyze make sure we get it right and a lot of things make sure it fits the club dna philosophy what we want to do going forward that for me is a massive part and i think we've i think we've achieved that actually now going as going forwards so from an off the field, I think that's probably the big moment of the season. Obviously, we've seen a big change, obviously, moving in terms of losing some long-standing, not just the manager, but some long-standing coaches who've been, you know, part of the club for a very, very long time. You know, and obviously now bringing in, like sort of Andy, um, the staff he's got around both, you might see on match days and not on match days. Um, and a different, a very, very different manager, different perspective on certain things, which, you know, I've... Which are, which are different to what happened previously, so give it again gives that a new direction. I would I would say from a fan point of view, the moment of the season, Hennesford, which I know sounds a strange way for me to put it, but it's all, it goes back to what I was saying about 
you know, I've found this year has been a bit of an experience for me keeping my feet on the ground on certain bits. Um, but yeah, I think from a personal point of view, from a you know, from an off the field point, the moment the big thing is obviously is moving from the Andy Peaks era to the Andy Burgess era, which is obviously what subsequently happened. Um, and obviously, I've seen a lot more of that. I've been, um, as people have noticed, we've been taking. Um, well, they will notice because obviously we've been doing highlights for away games. All of a sudden, that's because we've been taking the video analysis stuff to away games, and now I'm seeing that awesome step up. So, you know, massive disappointment to lose Andy Peaks. You know, he's done a lot. He did a lot for this club, first as assistant and obviously as first team manager. He built this a lot, brought a lot of these players in. He's got us promoted twice. One is quite a few bits silverware. Um, but and then, but moving from that and feeling actually, we've also brought some somebody in Burge who I feel will take us is taking us in a different direction, but a really really good direction as well. And I think it would it think it will be just as exciting as what we've had previously for the last eleven years. So it's a new chapter, similar like when we lost Mark Starmer, and moved to Andy Peaks. There was a bit there was a change in a slight change in direction, probably not as obvious, obvious because it was over a two year period rather than a. Um, was it been seven years, six years, six, seven years? Um, well, actually, no, eight years, isn't it? I'm thinking about it. 2014 to 2022, so almost eight, almost eight years. Ironic enough, around this time, so we seem to change our manager around about this second part of the year for some reason. We only had three, though, fortunately, so unlike some clubs. Um, but yeah, that's why I'd look at it from my perspective, which again, as I said, will sound strange, but because obviously there's other things going on. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode and that also means the end of the 2021-22 season on the Russian and Ranting podcast. So Ollie, Scott, Alex, thank you all for your involvement in both this episode and the season as a whole. It's been an absolute pleasure recording with the three of you. Really enjoyed it and uh, very much looking forward to it again next season. And of course, a huge thank you to all of you listeners for tuning in. Of course, you guys are the reason we started this podcast in the first place. So we really hope you enjoy it as much as we do. Don't forget, you can follow us on social media, just search Russian and Ranting on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us over on those. We'll be back at some point over the preseason as we take more of an in-depth look at the 22-23 campaign. But in the meantime, enjoy your summers, look after yourselves, and we'll see you all again in the new season. Take care, everybody. And as always, come on, you diamonds. <laughs>